What's up? What's up? What's going on? It's a great day in paradise, I hope. Sounds like we're on the internets. We are on the internets. Awesome. Going pretty well. <laughs> Numbers are looking great. Numbers great, streets great, this face is great. Yeah, we know the face is right. My face is right. Because <laughs> I got to watch a early preview of a movie. Holy crap. Alright, well, there goes that. What's that? Well, I got it in my show notes to talk about the community challenge. Okay. And when I typed in the notes, it was at 88% with 12 days remaining. Now there's a notification that we are at 95% at 98k. So just 2,000 more points and we'll be at 100k. Wow. Awesome sauce. I say great. Like, my girls here. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So. But that's it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Shad. Love that. Uh, to be to be honest, it's a 1,564 po channel points, or as I've renamed them, bubbles. Uh, then we will be at 100,000. 100,000. Oh. Uh, it was only thir I mean, you might. It's government math. You always you always round up. Round up. It means. <laughs> Fair, fair. How's everyone doing tonight? We got lots of people in the chats. Love it, love it. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's in there. It's all good to go. Uh, so it's Tuesday night. It's uh, Scuba and the Rye where we hang out. We talk about geek and everything else. Okay. Well, I guess before we go any further, congratulations, chat. Congratulations, community. Uh, we are we are adding another weekly stream to the schedule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome and amazing. Yeah, somebody pushed it over. Oh yeah, somebody pushed it over. It's just like, oh really? We're that close? Beep. Oh yeah. Push it over. Beep. <laughs> the beard is strong. Thank you, Harley girl. Thank you. <laughs> It's amazing. I, normally, with uh, normally when I go and visit my my uh, stylist, I have the beard cut to like a professional length. All this COVID stuff, I just let it go because you know, I hate try. I hate I hate it because I always feel I'm gonna screw it up, and then it's just gonna look nasty and everything. And I prefer the the uh, stylists I go to. Professional touch. I agree. I get it. Oh yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta get your game on. <laughs> I love that song, by the way. Both versions, "Game On" and "Get You," and "I Got My Game On." If you can, know, if you can tell me the artist, cool. All right. Oh wow. Beard is here. <laughs> Keep it going. I think I should go to where I get to, like you know, the wizard level. Yes. Well, the wizard level and level four other Oh, chilly. Yours is a year and a half so far. Yeah, I saw that last night on the uh, Into the Mist uh, stream. That was a. Uh, you definitely, you definitely got, you definitely got some good beard game there. 
Really? See, I don't... Harley girl, 80. I know, that's the scary thing. Because I'm trying to figure out who's got pictures of me. Well, my pictures are all... Oh, I mean, for the sake, because I, I don't recognize, I don't recognize the handle. I have a feeling I know who it is. But for those who don't know or just getting to know me, um, I was last clean shaven November 2003. Um, which is when I got out of the Marine Corps and started making my way from the West Coast to the East Coast. Ever since then, I've had a goatee, and probably about seven years ago, give or take. Because I think, right, when you and I met each other and we were working together, I was do I was rocking the goatee thing like you. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was a uh, few years, few years into it, I finally just went full beard, and we just kept going that. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a. It's almost another lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff lifetime ago. I, I'm like, even ago, now it's a lifetime ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'd probably dig out some of my old Marine Corps picks and pop them up in anybody who's curious. Speaking of a long time ago, I was going through some photos for talk about. Oh, go ahead, talk now. I mean, All right, well, we, I mean we're, we're, we're chill, we're super okay, chill, okay, we're going to hang out. tastings but you gotta register for it. Um, we didn't make it in time for that so we just bought a bottle and drank there. Um, at one of my favorite wineries, Baratos Winery in Charleston. What's it for drink? It is Sunday. It is Sunday. Hmm. But, some others is I did find it in my bubble You did? Yay! Do you have a link? Do you have a link? Have a link. Drop a link. I remember those days. So I remember I'll those probably, days. I'll bring that uh, hard drive over. Get some photos. How some people have. For the good or the bad. However you want. Well, uh, a little teaser. It's not one of my better pictures, but uh, I got one here. It's been sitting here. I used to keep it on my desk at work. This was, uh, this was me. Um, went to visit a museum in Las Vegas. And they call it the Threat Museum, where they had a bunch of bits and pieces. But, uh, pretty close to... That was me roughly 2002? Roundabout? No, 2000... Yeah, I want to say about 2000... 
2001, actually. But, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, I will. Well, I mean, it's kind of early on in the whole in that. <laughs> yeah, that RPG was cool. <laughs> getting around that if you know what it is. I've got some other ones where you actually see me looking forward and stuff, and some some uh, somewhere around here I got some pictures of me in my uh, dress blues when I used to do that a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I don't normally take a lot of photos. It isn't until recently, you know, a lot more photogenic-ish. Anyways, so <laughs> fun time. It has to be. It has to be. I mean, there's so many things you do in life, especially that whole getting up to high school, post high school, college, adventure, flit around back to back. I mean, that that's what makes things fun. Yeah, that's what I kind of enjoy looking at all those photos and find some book covers. I have so much I was catching up on my YouTube feed the other day, and there was uh, one of the um, developer updates for D&D Beyond with uh, Adam, and he, for sh showcasing the three-year anniversary of D&D Beyond, he showed some clips of when he his first uh, episode of the uh, developer's update uh, in 2017 versus how he looks now in, 20, in, in 2020, and it's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, time flies. Uh, yeah, see, I'm gonna have to go with no, Chili. No. Just, no. No. Not gonna happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, there aren't a whole lot of embarrassing ones. But, at least I can, at least I can speak that for me. I can't speak for, you know... I got here, but again, we're not doing that. That 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 is a tr time honored and horrible tradition that should be fully acquainted for when you bring your significant other to meet your parents, and your parents sit there and show out all those old pictures. It should oh. not be something oh, up my here. Are all over the house. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, but yeah, lots of fun there. Lots of stories to talk about. I'm sure. The El Paso incidents, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I found, uh, I found photos, not, not, not work related, uh, of some... Probably some... Odd uh, memories of the old tech floor? Uh, not... <laughs> okay. Okay. You know that moment, that moment when everything falls into place, and you have a moment of clarity? I just had that. At that last comment. 
When I, that's, I should have known. I should have known. I should have known. Harley Girl is not talking about Harleyas and Harley Harley Davidson motorcycles, which I, I'm a big fan of. We're talking about the, the 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 wonderful crazy chick from Batman the Animated Series that we all know and love, Harley yeah. Quinn. And that comment right there, just now I know who it is, and it is so good to see you again. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> so old friend probably one of my one of my oldest friends although we've we we had a few moments <laughs> had a few moments but she's definitely one of my oldest friends so big shout out and welcome to the welcome to the fam uh the community <laughs> but yeah welcome Har uh, uh, harley girl's got some dirt <laughs> she's got a little bit of dirt on me <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, and again, it's good friends at this point. It's, it's, it's it, I feel after 22 years, 23 years, it's, uh, well worth the, uh, the friendship for the ups and the downs and the fact that we are friends because most people with our history don't have that kind of, <laughs> don't, don't end up being friends. <laughs> at least, you know, not that I've heard. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, I digress. Roll them down memory lane. That's awesome. I don't like feeling old. It does. <laughs> so yeah, um, Scuba and Rye, episode number sixty-two. Sixty-two episodes. Wow. Who are you? Uh, Joker smile. <laughs> it's hard to tell with the beard, but I used to have really an evil smile. Although, you know. Hey, it works. <laughs> Just smile as long as you're happy. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of terror, um, it's a lot of people in the chat know I I, I, I dabble a little bit over over in uh, other uh, as a moderator on other channels and doing some role play and in right now and um, I made the mistake of saying of. I don't know if I call it a mistake on my part, but I went in the in the in the subscriber chat and made a comment about, "Hey, I'm bored. Who wants a visit?" <laughs> yeah, that that went. I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better impromptu, completely shoot from the hip, off the cuff. Chaos, pure and utter chaos, which I'll talk a little bit more about in State of Game. Let's get into our announcements, and I thank everybody. Of course, first thing, of course, first thing and foremost is thank you to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards. This is a custom set I have been dabbling in for the for the studio for our sit down hangout, kind of a mixing of a couple of different tavern tracks to kind of give a nice ambient chill hangout kind of deal Thank you. Uh, go to sirenscape.com check out all the stuff they got they got a great online player if you want to work with people who are remote they got players you can download and just run through and in, in when you have your tape when you have your friends at your table when they can come back to your table after all the covid craziness but uh yeah sirenscape gotta love them 
Um, and of course, thank you to the community. You've met the challenge, so I'm going to be doing another show. Uh, if you are a subscriber to the twi to this Twitch channel, uh, and you go ahead and join our Discord community, there's a special subscriber section which we will be compiling the the suggestions that have been made that are being made, and put out a series of polls. The polls will 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 help determine the content for the new show, what day of the week, and what time of day, and how long the show should be. And we'll put that out there. Right now, if you are want, you can go into the general channel on the Discord and drop in a suggestion. Uh, any suggest? I'm gonna take the suggestions. I'm gonna speak with my admin and moderation team to kind of come through and boil those down a little bit, and then we will filter down to the subscribers. You guys vote, and then uh, toward the end of September, beginning of October, depending on how much how much prep time is going goes into making the new show. The new show will start, and we'll let you know how everything goes. Um, we've got we've got challenge accepted on Saturday nights. Uh, spoke with the team, spoke with the cast earlier today, and they are up for continue to have their adventure Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. They ha and we'll see how they go. Also, Saturday this Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we have a returning new it's kind of a new and returning thing we're going to do another D&D show uh, but it's going to be a returning cast this is the group this is some this is some of the members of the group that we did the charity stream which all of those videos are up on YouTube right now for the Twilight's last gleaming uh, one shot uh, five parts uh, the last one posted uh, just a little bit ago so you can go and check that out um, and then part of that cast will be back and they will be continuing their adventures literally right where they left off at the end of the stream. So we'll see what happens there. Um, that's it for my announcements. Ra, you got anything? guess with that we'll just go ahead and get into our what's up the things we've been doing for the last week obviously we talked a little bit about things but clearly Rai has been out wandering around and I even did a little wandering I got myself a new chair and whatnot and I got some parts for the stream for the computer I use a two PC setup for streaming I have one PC right here that I use for my production work getting into the gaming side once I can pick up a graphics card because graphics cards are like stupid expensive right now for some reason yes they are um well, i'm looking at a 1660 and looking at about 270 dollars <laughs> so but uh you know i'm kind of holding off however though we've been having some some technical issues with the stream box which the stream box is a very low-end box because all it literally has to do is process the video feeds and stream to twitch well i took a took some research and i found some upgrade parts so i got those in today dropped them in and so far things are looking amazing 
um, went from I went from RAM being eight gigabyte to sixteen gigabyte, and I dropped in a dedicated graphics card. I got a ten thirty low profile card to put into the box, and so far things are amazing. Uh, as far as I can see here, how does it look to you guys out on the stream? Are we having any of those lag or? Night, Harley girl. We'll see you on our next one. And toss me a message sometime. Awesome. I think I pumped it. I think I actually took out the ratio. It used to be I would, I would record in 1080. And then I would downgrade it to 720. Um downgraded it to 720 when I would push it out to Twitch because I'm looking at these numbers I went ahead and just took that off so I'm streaming at 1080 today and if things are looking stable then this is awesome it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, oh. oh sweet <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together oh yes <laughs> I'll make sure it comes so yeah, I ventured out to IKEA, and on a whim, on a whim, went out to IKEA. Well, you know the line was miserable because you know everybody's got to wear their masks and you got to limit the number of people who can go in and blah 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 blah. blah. But when it went in, got found this chair. Um, obviously, the one I really want, I can't I can't get right now. And at some point, I do hope to be able to afford to get it. Um, and that is one of the LF gaming uh, chairs that I can then get the logos and everything put on and, you know, have it just be kind of cool. But in the interim, I found this uh, this this nice chair, the high back chair. It's not too bad. I didn't get the arms because, you know, the arms are fixed and not very adjustable. And of course, as soon as I get it home, put it together, it's like, oh, there's a piece I don't like. So I went in and I bought upgrade parts and... Like you do with all IKEA furniture, because I honestly think you cannot go and buy IKEA furniture and just leave it as is. You always have to modify it. That's like you, you it's like you're an entry level IKEA person. If you buy the stuff, build it, just let set it up somewhere and just ignore it. You know IKEA when you buy the stuff, start modifying it <laughs> as soon as. So I got these I got new wheels for it, but I had to bore out the uh, the the slots that the old, the wheels go into I had to bore it out like a couple of thirty seconds of an inch in order to be able to fit the new wheels in. But in good, stable, I love it. Uh, should carry me until I have to do some more modifications. Well, I was looking at the bookcases because I'm a carpenter, so I could build stuff. I mean, I built that. Co that coffee bar that's behind you, Rod. Uh, made that a number of years ago. And it's like, it builds stuff, but I was sitting there thinking, it's like, I want to redo this room for the studio stuff. It's like, do I want to build bookcases or do I want to get some IKEA bookcases and just modify them as I install them on the wall? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of the things I'm pondering. But, you know. I mean, IKEA is all about hacking the furniture and, you know, crafting and making and all that stuff, which is the kind of things I'm into, so. What'd you find? I, I found some little nicks. Uh, one thing I did get out of it was a little 
memory foam fell out. Jesus Louise has it. I sleep better. <laughs> I did not lie. <laughs> I get there. I need. I want to get a new mattress and stuff too, and so I get there. Oh, open box cabinets. Good call. Let's think about that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, real quick, got a couple of questions. Uh, got a comment from Crystal. It was the best ever. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, the other one, another one from her question is, what made you choose to go beard? Uh, to be honest, I was kind of, uh, at first it was just the goatee thing, because that's kind of what it is. And then I think at some point it was just decided to just stop shaving the sides and wanted to try something different because I went with a goatee for about a decade. And then it was like, I want to change it up, but I'm not sure what because I never, I, did, I hated being clean shaven. I, lo I look stupid young when I'm clean shaven. And then it was just kind of, okay, what am I going to do and how am I going to do it? And then the beard just kind of felt comfortable and everything. And then, of course, I found those great, uh, some great pictures and memes. Um, and one of my favorites, which I will try and pull up right here live because, you know, I am just like that. Um, babes, because I'm babe. Oh, yeah. This one is by far one of my favorites. It's kind of hard to see, but... Yeah, it doesn't work on there, but it's essentially all the Disney princes. They're clean shaven. Then you got a picture of Leonidas. Kings have beards. <laughs> and it's like that's kind of it's it kind of just feels right at that point. <laughs> yeah, three hundred. Leonidas from three hundreds. The beard. And then I got into riding motorcycle, and beards make sense riding motorcycle because. It gets a little chilly when you're driving, so you know the beard is a the beard now has the beard now has a practical application of being a wind deterrent. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> hey, you have a shield, and the beard is a shield. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. Granted, right now it's the longest it's ever been. <laughs> so it's like. That and I get really skin gets really irritated when I shave, so you know. But like I said, it's you know that's what it is. So back to that. So you went winery visiting. You went got a pillow from IKEA. We went and saw New Mutants uh, Friday night as well, and actually ventured out to the movie theater for the first time in the quote-unquote post-COVID. And yeah, I, I'm not one for big crowds anymore. I really, uh, I mean, it's almost like the cliche joke from Clerks. It's I hate people, but I love gatherings. No, I'm not, I just, not really a big fan. And that wasn't a big fan. And, and the thing, I actually did like the fact the theater wasn't overcrowded because I hate when you packed into a theater like sardines. 
Yeah. Especially when the chairs aren't very comfortable, but then again, I'm a big guy, so... It's kind of detrimental that I'm a big guy, because as a big guy, there aren't many comfortable places I can go. So I don't go to a lot of places, and this whole COVID stuff, it's like I want to go less. And I just find it really irritating sitting there watching the movie wearing the mask. I'm not a fan of wearing a mask everywhere I go. I will do it. Don't get me wrong. I will do it because that is the socially conscious and acceptable thing to do. So I will wear a mask when I go out, when I go into buildings and whatnot or around people. But I didn't, I was not comfortable wearing the mask all for like two to three hours straight in the theater because they started pulling on me. It's, it was not comfortable. So, I really don't think I'm going back to the theaters as long as wearing a mask is required. Yeah. Um, Empire's really good movie to watch in theaters. Hands, definitely. hands down. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's Actually, that was kind of funny. We're rolling up on the theater, right? They got they got movie posters from like six, eight months ago still yeah. up in there. Yeah. And it's just like, that wow. And I just mentioned this people walking by. It's like, I think these posters. <laughs> but, yeah, going to the theaters the first time. Um, I mentioned this book, walking out. I've never seen this as clean as that in my whole life. I've been going to that theater open. Um, but... Yeah, um, it was a different experience. I, they do have good protocols in place, so I feel safe going back. And since it's open, I will be there. But I will be there. My popcorn, my tea, mask on when I need it. And I will, I as much as I don't want to, if there's a really good movie I want to watch, like I know there's one in October. There is one. You sent me the link. There's a movie in October I want to go watch. It's called Murder on the, or Death on the Nile. And it's a follow-up. It's it's in the same vein as the new Murder on the Orient Express, because I love Kenneth Branagh. I think he's a phenomenal director, and I really enjoy the work he does. When it's the like the the class, especially classical stuff. I mean, a lot of my appreciation for Shakespeare has been the ones that he does. Uh, is it a correct sequel? I. I'm not familiar with the source material, so I can't say. So if it is, I think I would definitely have to go look that up. Yeah, I was wondering that too. It's like uh, Crystal had a comment. Um, I would uh, love their theater because they have couches. And it's like, really? A theater with couches? Dude, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, our AMC, it does have a Dolby Center. have a theater of recliners. Yeah, well, we have another local theater chain called Cinema Cafe, which is one of those diner theater combos, and they typically have more spread out seating because people are eating or whatever, and the chairs are a little bit bigger and more comfortable. Uh, AMC, it's just, it, it went, it, it's a lot like why I hate flying, not because of the TSA. The TSA is its own reason to hate flying. But. <laughs> But I don't like flying because the seat, it's like, it's like, oh, how many people can we cram in this metal pressurized cylinder that travels a lot, travels in the sky? For so many hours. <laughs> and I have flown 
cross country several times and I just I don't I like flying but I only like flying if it's I can sit someplace if I'm comfortable if I'm not comfortable I hate flying well that's a lot of things if I'm not if I'm not comfortable I hate I just, no I will find some other I'm happy with driving because then I'm a comfortable drive then I'm comfortable in my car you and me are the same thing if I can drive there I'm gonna go there But, uh, yeah, um... Cafe. Well, I mean... That's, that's where we were on. Yeah, Cinema Cafe, they have the chairs, and the price isn't bad. I mean, brand new movie. I mean, on a Saturday night, to be able to go to the theater for, like, ten bucks. Versus go to AMC, and you're lucky if you're spending, like, less than twenty. So, I mean, I can go to Cinema Cafe and spend twenty bucks and have a full meal, drink, and watch the film and not feel like I overspent. Yeah, Cinema Cafe does give you a, a great alternative. Plus, all of them um, uh, premiere events and all shows. That's a thing. But I have the eight. That's. Free tickets. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, so, nope, nope. Yeah. Yeah, and if it's a really good one or by popular, we may put up a series of polls and be like, hey, go give us your opinion on this movie and then I will brave the theater just for you. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I expect uh, reviews coming for uh, and Black Widow, one of them, all the other movies. Well, the since we're going there, let's segue over. Let's segue over and let us do the new mutants. You, a couple people in chat were asking our opinions on that. Uh, so now we'll just dive right into it for the reviews. Uh, as always, uh, these reviews come courtesy of Rye. All you have to do is go to ryereviews.com and check out his review and all of the other reviews. He's titled this review, New Mutants, Powers of the Familiar, Horror of Comics. Rye. <laughs> So the New Mutants, long story short, this movie was supposed to come out three years ago and through a plethora of many delays, thoughts, and whatnot, they finally made it August 2020. Okay, um, this film is a amalgamation of uh, the lasting, uh, lasting touch of Fox of X-Men's and it was another one of those films that they were trying to blend in genres like Logan and Deadpool. They were blending on different genres with the comic book. Um, this one was an attempt to blend in the horror genre with comic books. And the central idea is that the story of this film follows five young mutants that are brought to an isolated institution where they begin to manifest their powers. <laughs> Here at this institution, they're being held against their will for unknown reasons don't know yet and then uh, through some series of events they decide that they want to work together to get out of this uh, facility but also uh, confront the past and ultimate powers greater um, one thing I liked about this film from the onset is the fact that the film uses a mixture of uh, horror elements character elements and combines it with the comic book genre that in taking the typical path of an origin tale of following good versus evil, it actually takes all these genres and building up who these 
five young women are, um, who the doctor is, and why are they in this facility. Everything is done through a conversation with the coach in the first half. So it's a very slow build, a methodical building. You get to see uh, the character's backstory. So they'll be talking, talking about their past. Um, you get hints of their powers, and you also get hints of why they are very on the edge of on, on the edge of their own personal growth. There is stuff in this pack that causes them to wreak havoc, uh, be scared, uh, go insane, or just Genuine feel of the characters is what I appreciate about the film. But outside of that, the story was pretty much a, a, a predictable outline of confrontation kind of, of twist on the coast. The latter half of the film is where the horror element starts to come in. That's where you get a disjointed kind of experience. You get to see the powers on the play, you get to see them try to band together to get out of this. But at the same time, it kind of loses identity. It tries to be much of a call stuff that's put together. But it never loses focus on the characters. So once it gets to the climax, um, it does a great job of bringing closure to the cast and from a high note of the film. Alright, uh, first thing I'll address that question reshoots because of the three year delay. I don't think reshoots were a factor. Uh, if I understand the way this went, this was one of those things. Um, they did do a few reshoots, reshoots because they wanted to change the tone of it uh, a little bit. And then, of course, it was the, oh, well, Fox is getting purchased by Disney. Fox put out Dark Phoenix, which was a complete travesty of an X-Men film. And then... They decided, well, they didn't want to risk it. And then, of course, the purchase. So they restored the film to its original cut, from my understanding, and then released it. And I I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was very nice, very well put. It didn't try to do too much. Uh, it was very character-focused, which is which is kind of refreshing, uh, considering uh, quite a... Uh, aside from a few individual aspects of the X-Men franchise as a whole... You really didn't get a lot of character moments. She had a lot of the big kind of bombastic comic book type scenes, which you missed. Uh, you missed some of the character stuff. You really didn't start getting good character development in certain aspects, and so you had certain actors play certain characters. And then, of course, they were limited by the fact that the way the story utilized that character was a complete insult to the character's uh, history and um, breadth and depth. Um, yeah, I'm talking about Magneto. They stop using him as a plot device. Let him stand on his own and find some other excuse, some other plot device, rather than keep using him. Anyways, uh, back to New Mutants. New I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, like, no, I don't want to give that horror. Uh, Bassbender's great. Magneto. It's just they use. It's the fact that they used him as a plot device instead of something else. It was just insulting to the character. But New Mutants is good, in, and there, and it really does. I really don't understand why it was put, it was shelved because it's not a bad film. No, it's not. And it actually, I think it's actually better than Dark Phoenix, both versions, both of them. I, 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 I,
This was great. I mean, the horror elements alone are worth it because this is a horror movie-ish with uh, comic book characters. Now, the only uh, now I've read a few comments and what and whatnot, and I will agree that this feels like it's a glorified Netflix film in some regards. When you sit there and think back on it, it looks like it would it would this would be something that would do amazingly well through the streaming services. Um, horror in the sense of like the psychological, I mean, we're talking these five kids and their doctor are essentially in a mental institution. Yes. And the nice thing is this fits in with all of the, with the, fran with the franchise toward the latter part, latter part of the films. Like let's, if we look at Logan and we look at, uh, X, uh, X-Men Apocalypse and those those two films and this one there are elements that bridge all there are elements in all three like they tease the Essex Corporation which you know that's a subtle that that's a subtle thing if you're if you really know who Essex is in relation oh yeah um there but it and then it was with Logan there are scenes within Logan where they had, where they talked about, where when you see the, by now you should, most people should have seen it. Um, those who can see it, but if not, I'm sure. Uh, Days of Future Past, not so much. Um, Days of Future Past was more or less the passing the torch, but no X Men Apocalypse, where the kids, where you see, where you have that cameo of Logan, where they're in the North, we're in the Canadian Institute, and Logan is in that full weapon x gear at the end of the film there's a there's a there's easter egg scene where they took some of logan's blood and put it in a briefcase and the briefcase says essex now we move into logan where there's scenes of when x-23 is in this uh hospital and what the what the essex corporation was doing with the kids then so you have those elements and then tie in with this these are the only five kids in this whole facility it's got a complete lockdown on it and if you know that with comic books, it's Moon Moonstar was her name. Moon Moonstar, if you if you know her, if you know her from the comics, you kind of already have an idea what they did with the film, and it was great. I mean, it had that. It was I'm trying to think what was some other. It was some good like like psychological horror stuff. The whole thing about playing your fears and yeah, whatnot. Almost, it, 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 it's almost like, what, what was that? The, it's almost like the whole dream, dream bat, dream warriors, some of that stuff, only without the slasher part, the slasher film aspect, but just that concept of of using your of using your fears against you, um, which now I'm realizing it's kind of inspired me on some of the things I did over the last couple of days. Huh. Go figure. Anyways, um. Deja <laughs> vu. Well, you know, I went with that's there's the connection. I went with this and thinking fear and then scarecrows, scarecrows, Batman, Batman. What's he got in his cave? He's got that T-Rex and all of that, which is why I use zombie T-Rexes on Sunday to just decimate. There's the connection. Always a connection. 
Love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, feature. So um, I enjoyed the film. I would definitely add this to my collection. I would definitely watch it again. Um, so I gave it. I'm I'm gonna call it about a 3.5 out of five because there. I it doesn't need to be bombastic. It just needs to be enjoyable. And this film was at legitimately enjoyable to watch. Um, so. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed the film, and it had some great elements that incorporated just out. It's not a bad film. It's not terrible. It's right around the middle of the film. Very obvious uh, tropes that not exactly what I thought it would be. Overall, it's a fun. It's the same kind of feeling I had watching Project Power, even though it's safe. Fun, a fun ride. So, 3 out of 5, uh, yeah, 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 I think uh, the Wolverine is about to come on to Disney Plus yep. this month, so I'll be definitely checking that out. That one is by far my favorite of the whole X-Men franchise. I can't even... Logan was great, but, you know, the Wolverine is just a great ride, I think. So, alrighty. So, yeah, that was that. And, yeah. Hold up. Oh. Let me give it to you. drop it. Yeah, you already said that. Yeah, but I wanted to. But I thought about it. But I thought about it was. Gotta wait. Really? That's that's the best you got. You you, <laughs> you got you got to you got to watch my stream. You got to watch my game streams, dude. You got to watch some of the stuff that's like you know that good cliffhanger moments. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that. Nolan has something. Christopher Nolan makes really good films. And there's always a mind element to all of his films. Oh yeah. But, um, I'm not, I can't, I going fast, but, fast, but I'm going to on and fill in the That would be the best edit, yes. Uh, I don't know when I'll do the film Ted movie, but in the fun, it, yeah. Are definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Oh yeah, well you know it's and we're gonna get into that because you know we're gonna we're we're we're, we're gonna just we're gonna talk about. Why you with the flames? We're gonna talk about that whole state of game. Uh, we don't have a whole lot for video game conversation. <laughs> to be fair, I mean I did a little bit of Fall Guys on the other day and Rise working on Ghost of Tsushima. Almost done with Act Two. You said. Yeah, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm finishing up. I'm on the last story. Or action. <laughs> Playing a lot of crosscode on my Switch, uh, which is a very it's that action RPG uh, uh, game. It's really fun, really fast paced. I definitely, definitely. You gotta, you gotta be more. You gotta speak up some more, right? Okay. Uh, we're right. we're going with uh, one mic tonight <laughs> to kind of replace the echo. Test, test, test. Can so Rise just gotta. Project a little Project. bit more. Project. All right, rewind. So, 
Ghost of Tsushima, I'm getting ready to finish Act 2. Uh, so I'm about to raid the castle. And then uh, Crosscode on the Switch is a very fun action RPG. So anybody that loves the old school action RPGs or RPGs back in the day, I would recommend that game. Crosscode. Those are my updates. <laughs> so yeah uh all i've got some D, &D stuff and uh challenge accepted episode two is that saturday i'm working on the rendering right now it's giving me a little bit of a headache but i should have that up probably gonna post that tomorrow um or as soon as i get the render up and you know it was good we had a they went to they went to barovia they uh they had they had they had the a, a walk in the woods in barovia um, lace some nice Easter eggs there, and since that's done, um, <laughs> and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, throwing a lot of Easter eggs because I had to, I did have permission that I could you know kind of exist in that same version that we're listening to in uh, Into the Mist. I just not, I couldn't. It's kind of an unofficial uh, unofficial uh, path through there. So they got to see the burned down windmill and hear about the missing elder and you know hear hear the bagpipes being played in one of the camps and all that other fun stuff. But uh, it was it was it wasn't bad. Uh, they did get to Zeresh, they did get to uh, the city in Zeresh, which uh, is kind of modeled after Old Town London, uh, Victorian area, and they heard a scream. Uh, uh, and what? heard a scream and now they have to now the investigation continues so hey sakura welcome to the welcome there hey sakura so yeah challenge accepted uh we'll be doing an episode three on saturday so we'll see where they go next at 8 p.m eastern and now we can kind of talk about what i did on sunday what did you do on sunday well Sunday, I had I, it was kind of a perfect storm. I think it was everybody was gone, wife was working, the kids were both out with friends, and I was kind of bored because I really didn't. I wanted to I wanted to do something. I wanted to kind of a day off, so I sat there and you know I felt I hadn't really been active all that much in the uh, in the in the in the discords, so I popped in and said, hey, who who wants a visit? And a couple people chimed in, so I started running encounters in three different three of the channels. One channel was one of the camps on the road for somebody else, and then teasing uh, the end of that journey in one of the other camps. Um, I had pulled out some monsters and started running with them, and was just you know causing havoc. Well, one camp cleared out their zombies, and the other camp was starting to uh get the upper hand and then people were starting to bamp in to assist and it, it, when i when the initiative order got to be about nine strong with more people arriving i was like all right let's step this up a notch so i brought in two zombie t-rexes and just scared the crap out of them where they're all like we're out forget it we're done i mean it's just like in the scenes from jurassic park it was you feeling the impact tremors you're hearing the trees groan and then they step out of the tree line and just let loose that iconic roar and then it was and it was just like people in the camps were like yep i 
I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and um, it was like, okay, well, one of the elders had popped in and he's like, no, 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 we stay, we fight. It's <laughs> like, okay. So I decided to move it into Zoom so that I get a little easier for my management and thought process versus trying to type and follow the typing. Uh, and then it was like, okay, so we jumped into it. We got a Zoom going. I think I had 20 people in the Zoom call with an additional five, six or so in the voice channel because they couldn't get into Zoom. And I was trying to have them all kind of participate in this bat in the in this encounter, which was essentially the two T Rexes and the zombies that were still there. <laughs> and it was like, and I guess I attracted the attention from on high, and <laughs> a couple of, a couple of people I wasn't expecting popped in, and were just watching everything unfold. And as there was, as things were unfolding, it was like, at one point, uh, Jay was like, "Hey, can you put me in the initiative order?" I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> jump right in." <laughs> and he brings in, and typical, he brings he brings in a ringer, <laughs> and it was just like decim decimates part of my forces, and in the end, you know, I I had I. Knocked a few people down to like have to roll death saves, but then the spellcasters healed them and burned their slots. And it's like it was one of those. It's like I was wearing them down and wearing them down and wearing them down, but I didn't wear them down enough. And I have to say, the only thing I accomplished was destroying was was da was severely damaging uh, one of the camps because in my mind, I'm thinking that scene from the second Jurassic Park film. Where they're all kind of moving through the interior and they all camped and the t-rex had walked into camp until it was startled and then start and then everybody was just chaos that's how in my mind it was going and it was just like all right let's see how this goes and it's like i and that now of course and you realize you when you know you've reached a certain point of infamy when you're you have the coding crew go into the because there's avery which some of you who don't know avery is a, a a bot you can use to make dice rolls and track character stuff people were actually right you can write thing custom commands called aliases people wrote aliases for when scoob call to to respond it's like when scoob calls for a perception check and it's immediately like a dark souls everybody dies <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> Oh yeah, if you if you nailed that one, I would be totally dropping that gift from Meet the Robinson. I got a big head and little arms. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I realized where I kind of screwed up on the uh, encounter. I made note of that. But uh so it's like now I get to now it's like and last night after the after the show I went in and started laying more seeds of uh, chaos throughout the throughout the camp. So what should I do next? I'm gonna I, you know what I'm seriously I'm asking this chat. 
What should I unleash next? I know some of you are in there, so it's like, do you, how, how, how do we want to tempt fate? <laughs> what kind of wrath shall be spoken of? <laughs> well, I know what you're doing, Shadow. You and I have been discussing and working tactics for that. Oops. <laughs> but if anybody's got some ideas, what what's your wish list? What's your wish list to fight? Or do you really want to or do you really want to tempt it? <laughs> I don't know a lot of the monsters. Yeah. That's fair cuz I mean, you know, if you're not Ramora's Ooh. Ooh, I like that one. Those things are nasty. Oh, you want to fight Loradak? Ooh, Loradak, the, the Rakshasha Maharaja with five heads. Yeah, that would be, that would be just nasty. <laughs> oh, a little lair of the, uh, oh yeah, the Remoras, they can be pretty ugly. Remoras, uh, Remoras are in the random tables for level 5 through 10. Hey, wait a minute. Most of the players are between 4 are about level 4. Game on. I'm all for it. Uh -oh. I'm all I'm 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 willing to give it a shot. Just... You know what? You know something everybody keep I keep hearing about this creature and I, I just for, for funsies, how about a Tarask? How about an undead Tarask? Just rolling through. But, you know, I've got something I want to roll through. Maybe some cloakers? Cloakers might be fun. Cloakers might be fun. <laughs> you realize once we get into October, it's like it's all horror all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I completely understand. Uh, each T, each zombie T-Rex was a CR-8. So that was two CR-8s and the zombies were each a CR-1, but they weren't traditional zombies. They were called husk zombies. They pretty much move at speed and don't care about feasting. They just care about killing. I just, well, you know. See what we can do with that. <laughs> Maybe some cloakers. Hmm. Or a shadow dragon. How about a shadow dragon? Undead dragon and maybe a shadow dragon. Oh, there's more coming. Not to mention I, I spend my time reading the monster manuals and stuff and, you know... I'm not allowed to do anything homebrew, so it has to be a published monster. 
And I have all of those big books to pick from. And of course, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is a. Oh, that's right, it's coming out this month. New monsters! <laughs> yeah, a Shadow Dragon? Right. Crystal wants a Shadow Dragon in Barovia. That Shadow Dragon. I've got a monster I've been I've already asked permission to bring in and it is an epi it is a very interesting piece of work and it was inspired by Princess Mononuke so I'm just uh, I'm waiting to bring him out and when I do I will that'll be fun so I want to see who's crazy enough to go fight it or they're gonna see that it's I'm the one posting and they'll be like nope because that was the other thing. Then not only did they put in those aliases, it's like, with Scuba's perception checks, everybody dies, but people are like, people are dropping memes. It's like, oh, when Scuba asks for a perception check, it's like, nope, 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 nope. I'm out. Forget it. Nope. I'm like, wow. I, hmm. I guess they just don't want to be wiped out. <laughs> Walking on I do enjoy Days Gone. I would totally run a run a horde to walk through the walk through the streets, or walk through down the Slavic road. And then they are fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. See, so yeah, I think this weekend I have a free weekend. I don't have anything really planned other than the two games on Saturday. Well. Uh, Crystal, since you asked, I will let you know. In previous editions, Shadow Dragons would be a, a specific type of dragon. However, in 5th edition, the change is, is a Shadow Dragon is an actual state of being. Uh, typically, it's a dragon that finds its way into the Shadowfell and spends enough time in the Shadowfell that it starts to change at a fundamental level. So when designing one, you basically can take any dragon and add the Shadow Dragon overlay to it. Which uh, basically changes the breath weapon, gives it advantage on shadows, you know, that kind of thing. The monster from Princess Mononuke. Which one? There are a few in there that I that have a pretty cool D and D equivalent. And if you're going to convince me to tell you on, on this stream, you're out of your mind because I'm not telling you because the, that is a secret that only the mods know. And it's been it's one of those I'm waiting for that final final permission to just let loose. You know, that's actually not a bad sentiment, Mayflower. It really isn't. Let's do this, or what did the party get us into? I know a few, I, I can think of a few people who would, who would probably say the same thing. Because it's completely out of uh, a random. Yeah, pr uh, I really love Princess Moon. Yeah. Uh, Sakura, which one are you talking about? 
which monster and Princess Monica. If you already announced, if you already commented, I don't know which. I didn't catch it. now they released they announced that book Tasha's Cauldron that's gonna be fun because there's a lot of new stuff we'll have to spend some time talking about that one and Rhyme of the Frostmaiden when it comes out just notice Made in Abyss has a new movie but I can't find it online anyway hmm I'm not familiar with that one what do you say we uh, kind of roll over to odds and ends Let's get the odds and ends going. Get them odds and ends. Of course, odds and ends. Collection of internet stories that Rye finds and sends me. Um, we'll say a lot of stuff this week has been different uh, movie type film announcements, which we'll roll into after this. Uh, but if you guys want, you know, it's all good. But in the interim, here are five stories that I found out of the list that I felt we're kind of fun to talk about. <laughs> Number one. Numero uno. Uh, what we got here is now we all know we've all heard here in the states we've heard about the whole thing with putting in the automated kiosks so that you know having to worry because restaurants whatever will have to worry about staffing and operating costs so they figured they put in these kiosks to allow people to customize their orders and prevent uh, having to have a lot of cashiers um, and then of course COVID hits and now everybody's doing the delivery stuff well um, in Japan they are about to test these robots that are controlled by VR by employees who would be remote the idea is that these these virtual control these VR controlled robots will be operating in a couple of convenience stores and handle you know stocking the shelves and that kind of thing um, it's a Japan's family mart chain of Kaboni uh, introducing these remote controlled robots the idea of this is to improve efficiency and reduce having uh, reduce employee uh, reduce uh, uh, staffing costs for having people in the stores when nobody's really in there. Right? What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts is is basically this is just another uh, another example of trying to find ways to automate a lot of the um, tasks that most people do in their regular jobs. Um, this is another avenue where they're kind of testing the automation uh, sequence out in a different light, I think. It would be interesting to see how it actually works if it is proficient enough and actually uh, helps actually helps uh, the bottom line of these stores because even though they are having robots in stores they're still being controlled by humans so it's not a automation like uh, you know AI sentient kind of thing but it does um, open up the window to um, to uh, robotics and also gives a uh, gives an avenue for these robotics to be used in all different kind of uh, store environments, not just but bigger chains or maybe even um, a fast food chain. 
Oh. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's an inter interesting thing. It's just, it just opens up the doorway for automation. Other, uh, other uh, avenues of our society. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. So many ideas with that. Anyways, yeah, but robots. I mean, we. Who didn't see this coming? Well, let's be honest. There's, I mean, it's been kind of one of those geek anecdote things about the number of robots and development of robots coming out of Japan. I mean, movies have been touching on that for years. Every sci-fi. Uh, well, I mean, look, Robocop 3, it was Japan had made a humanoid robot and sent it in there, and of course the failsafe was a thermonuclear device. Um, the fact that, uh, the, the thing is, is like the, what was that movie with Bruce Willis, not to Replicants or something like that? Not Replicants, no, that was Blade Runner. Um, I know which one you're talking about. I can't, it's, it's, I'm, mm. But it was basically, you didn't live your life anymore, you sat in a VR station and controlled a robot to live your life for you, so you didn't have to leave the house. I mean, this is literally, this is where it's like, okay, we're the gateway. Yeah. Uh, no, Ready Player One was all living inside VR. This was, uh, there was, it was a movie a few years back, it was Bruce Willis. I believe he played a, a detective. Um... And he essentially, it was essentially normal for society for people to stay in their homes and then then uh, sit in these kind of like Atmos type deals and kind of like the Avatar thing, kind of like in the, in the in James Cameron's Avatar, you sit in the thing and you control the body and the body interacts with the physical world. This is, there was, a, it was, that, that's oh, actually a really found, good example. What is it? Uh, the name of the movie that Bruce Willis was in is Surrogates. That's it. Surrogates. Surrogates. Yeah. This this strikes me as surrogates or early phase surrogates. Um, if you get the chance, watch Ready Player One. Actually, you know what? Don't watch Ready Player One. Listen to the audiobook for Ready Player One. Listen to that. Because I, I was actually thinking earlier today about changing my name to a Sarah but <laughs> I was thinking about doing that on the on the on the Discord. Change my nickname to a Sarak. Because apparently people think I just people think I just bring death wherever I go. Hey. No. I I people have clutched it out of my claws a couple of times. <laughs> yes, Chili, it is that much different between the book and the movie. It really there really is that much there. There's a lot. There's a lot more. Lot, I, not to say there isn't a large number of references in the movie, but the amount of references and that deep-seated geek culture in the book is much better. And it's narrated by Will Wheaton. So come on. Anyways. Hey, that's a good choice. Tell me. I liked it. I thought it was a great book. Okay. So yeah, robots in convenience stores. We thought kiosks were bad. Wait till this comes across to the states. How many people are going to lose their minds? Lose their minds. It's acceptable. Now, how it'll be accepted in the American society, because some people might see change as a 
what people like to try to do. I think. I think a lot of people are just. I mean, people are having people are having heartburn over raising the minimum wage, and then the blowback from that is businesses closing because the overhead costs. You have this one, this where they have these robots acting as people. So it's like, oh, I can't find any local talent to do this job. I'll just put the ro get the robot in, and hire somebody who works 20 miles away. And he just splits his time. It's like, okay, I did one shift in this store as this robot, and then I do a store a shift in this other comp this other store as this robot. It's, it's, I mean, the landscape of, uh, of, of jobs. You know, just, that's what technology does. It just, that well, if we had, if, and, and I'm all for that. I'm just, I wish. Yeah, I mean, it's early phase on that, so you know, give it time. It'll look, it'll. It, It'll it'll start crossing that anthropomorphic part, but it is. I'm all for the technology making things better, but what I'm what I'm what I'm having the issue with is that we are not evolving the jobs accordingly. You bring you, the whole point of automation. The whole point of these things was to make manual some 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 biz, some jobs that are repetitious or whatever where you didn't have to constantly put human labor behind it so you could so in theory human labor could then move on to something more challenging and to, to work on but the problem is, is we're not upscaling in that regard I mean if anything I think a lot of the kids in this era uh, comparatively are don't do a whole lot or know how to do a whole lot because they're so used to the fact that we've automated something so much that the knowledge to do it without the automation is gone and on the same token it's like we're not challenging them before if like wait a minute why are we still worrying about a certain level of things because once they get out they need this this base level why don't we improve since we have more automation and more things that we can do with technology and whatnot, why don't we change the baseline education level and scale that up? And of course, this is my logic, my opinion. I know can get into a whole lot of discussion with uh, several of the people who are teachers and whatever who can give their insights on stuff. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's that I, I do agree with that. It's that technology being uh, more integrated into our society. And how we interact, how we communicate, baseline for knowledge and education should be up, yeah. or out, up, out, whatever direction. It should college. be. It should be broad. It should yeah. be a broader because yeah. it's, it's. If anything, the more educated the, the 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 society is, the less of these petty BS problems go away because you realize at a certain point, it's like, wait a minute, why are we still dogmatic in this belief or that belief? Why can't we just evolve out, grow out of that? Because as you get more educated, you get more informed, you start to realize that you start to shift your attention from one thing to another. And I think a lot of the dogmas, and I'm not talking dogmas in the sense of religion, I'm talking dogmas in some of these socio-political, socio-issues that were, are constantly to a head. It's like, wait a minute, let's, why are we still stressing about this? Because not everybody's on the same educational level. Once you bring them up, then at some point you realize this is not a problem. This is only a problem because you're ignorant. 
As long as you're ignorant, it's a problem. But that's my opinion, so... My opinion, too. Yeah, I mean, we've had our conversation. We have, and I don't want to get too, and I don't want to go too far into it, but you know. But anyways, robots in your 7-Eleven coming soon. Get your Slurpees by the robot. I see a robot, and I raise you a stormtrooper. Do what kind of stormtrooper? Uh stormtrooper that runs for charity. Awesome. Especially when he is a Navy corpsman out at Camp Pendleton, California. Uh, what we got here is uh, this this uh, Navy corpsman. Uh, in the picture we're seeing him, he's participating in a charity run. Back in 2016, he first started donning his Stormtrooper armor and participating in runs and rucks for charity. Uh, some of us, some, if you're not sure what, a, if you don't know what a ruck is, a ruck is basically a forced march. Uh, those of us who've been in the ground side of the armed forces know that wonderful forced march thing. Um, but... This, he's been doing this. He has raised a crap ton of money for uh, a whole lot. He's raised quite a bit for various uh, charities. Uh, this particular picture he's doing the doing this charity has to deal with uh, the Wounded Warrior Project, which good, bad, or indifferent, it does do it does strive to do good things for veterans, and I'm 100% all for helping veterans in any way, shape, or form because I think veterans get basically a bad a bad run yeah this uh this is such a great cause it combines you know fandom with uh with uh combines fandom along with helping up like you said he said has raised thousands of dollars for various tens of thousands tens of thousands of dollars for various charities dealing with mental health veterans all of these things oh it's it, it's this is one of those we this is one of those weird cool factors we 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 grew up you know, associating stormtroopers with the empire stormtroopers are evil they're bad they can't shoot for nothing but outside of the films you got organizations like the 501st who routinely dress up as stormtroopers and various Star Wars cosplay and do kind things for charity. I mean, this is by far not the... He's not the first one we've seen or heard of who's done their armor and, and done something for charity because it's that recognition. As he, sat, as he sits there and admits, that armor is not comfortable. It is not. It is murder. It's not flexible. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's not very functional for someone who wants to be active. Shh. Not talking to you. Um, it's and but he does this because of it raises awareness and it helps to do that fundraising. I've wanted to get into the five hundred first for years, ever since I met a few of them. It's it's one of my bucket list things. I'd love to I'd love to put together the uh, I think I wanted to go Republic Commando, but Five Hundred First is on my bucket list cosplay things to try and pull off because I like what they stand for and I like the and I like the lore behind it because you know for those who don't know, the Five Hundred First is the legion that Anakin Skywalker commanded in the Clone Wars that became Darth Vader's legion when he was when he when he started donning the armor. I mean. That's that's who the 501st was. So 
And now, of course, you have all these different things and whatnot. Like, and they mobilize. They 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 move when you want to do something. It's it's awesome. And it's really cool. And the amount of effort work they go into those costumes are is amazing. Any cosplayer who spends a lot of time on their costumes is amazing. So much love, much props. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that do cosplays. That's a great combination of fandom and I appreciate it. Plus yeah. it's Star Wars. <laughs> it's a, you can't go you can't go wrong with Star Wars. Alrighty, number three. This one's kind of a kind of a oh we were talking about robots taking over inconvenience stores, but there's the other thing, and that is when it gets to a point, a store just has to close its doors. Now, Lord & Taylor, which is touted as one of the first department stores to ever open in the, in, in, in the U.S., has, after 194 years, closed its doors. Filed for bankruptcy not too long ago and then decided to close its remaining 40-some-odd stores. Now, for Rye and I, and those of us in, in the, who've been in the uh, Hampton Roads area, there was a Lord & Taylor here for a number of years, and it closed down uh, as part of some of the renovations in one of the local malls. Yep. But this was a very, this was kind of like in that same vein as like the Macy's and, and those kind of upscale, upper scale apartment stores. But, I mean, it's kind of sad. I mean, that, that COVID really does, really did put a hurt on a lot of businesses. And this one is clear, I mean, to see an old business like this go away sucks because there's a lot of history there. But on the same token, I mean, this is kind of what happens. Yeah, it does, it does happen. And Ford and Taylor, um, even though it's been around for so many years, it's iconic because it's first partner store. Um, the high end, uh, very niche market combined with the COVID and they were already struggling um, it closed locally a while ago. Um, kind of sad to see, but it's just one of those things where, you know, um, financially unstable, and then you get that one bad moment in time, and it forces change your decision. Um, they're planning to some locations over, but financially, it's better the company just to just close them all off. Yeah, and no, it's liquidating going away. Um, I'm not sure, Shad. I didn't know if Macy's bought them, but I don't think they did based on this article that it looks like they did. They is still so independent. But this also, again, my opinion on something is if a store closes, it closes. I am not a fan of the too big to fail because it if you're st if the business can't ride out the turbulence then and you need to have opportunity it's a lot like it's a, it's a lot like in nature you have to you have to clear out the old growth so new growth can come in you can't force things into a into a particular state of stasis and think it's going to be healthy and eventually it start it just doesn't last but it's sad to see it go. Let's lament the fact that it. Uh, this is a very well. This is a. There's a lot of history with this particular business, and you know, see what happened. I mean, change is change. Yeah, uh, I agree. Agree to that. It's gotta be able to adjust the times. Look what happened to the, some of our namesakes from our childhood. Like, 
Blockbuster and a lot of the stuff like the one I mention all the time, Suncoast, got adjusted to the times. Huh. And COVID caused a lot of this stuff. This, this is just one of many stores that are closing. But um, adjustments happen, but it, it might open up new uh, retail business. Well, it, it always does. As a, a one business, I mean, and you're right, Chili, survival of the fittest. fittest. But you know, one of those things that's really hilarious, If you, and, and it, this is proof positive of this kind of point, is if you've ever been to a Cracker Barrel, bear with me, go to a Cracker Barrel and look at the walls. Look at all of those old brands for various things from way back in the day. And you realize that companies come and companies go. Forcing, artificially propping up a company for some perceived impact or lack thereof is short-sighted in my humble, in my opinion. And then again, this is my opinion. Like I don't believe, like I don't think the bailouts should have happened for the automakers because if they couldn't survive, then allow somebody new to come in. New ideas, yeah. fresh ideas. Let's stop being stagnant. And there, that, you bring up that example. It's a very great example. Bellas for the auto companies. It popped up two of the three major uh, American companies. Ford <laughs> didn't take it. They had their own. Well, they found their own path. And it shows a good example where a company found its own path without needing bailout. So, like you said, if the bailout didn't happen, we might have had a, a new breed of. Uh, uh, cars coming out. Yeah, I mean, look at look at what happened to Hostess. Yep. Hostess closed, and then it was reconstituted in new forms. But um, uh, who asked about Macy's fine more in That was Shad. That was Shad. He brought that up. I did. I did. Did the quick rye guy research. This is from. Um, it's a good start. Good starting point for any research. So, quote, uh, Federated Department Stores, now known as Macy's East, acquired main department store August 30th, 2005. They had the retail brand. On January 12, 2006, Federated Shared President Andre Costello. Sold by the end of the year. That would be in Okay, so Macy's did buy Lord & Taylor, but then sold it off to another company. Sold it off. Sold it off. It happens. So, they bought it and sold it, and then there you have it. Moving on. Moving on, people. There's a third story. Here's a fourth story, and this one's fun. Retrofitting at its finest. Uh, Ginger of Mods. He's uh, he's, he's kind of been known. He's kind of known in the, in the community as someone who likes to take retro game consoles and make them into handhelds. His latest creation is taking the Wii, um, the Wii U, I believe. No, no just the Nintendo Wii. Wii and converting it into a handheld. And in this case, it's a very reminiscent of a Game Boy called the Wii Color. Wii Boy Color. Um, this is this is kind of cool because it was just... Wii, as his, his argument is, the Wii uh, has a great library that not everything is going to get converted up to um, the Switch. So sat there and made it. I mean, it's cool. He he convert. He took an LCD screen. He took the components. 3D printed the case that we're seeing in this picture. Um, a couple of batteries and you, you being able to utilize uh, the USB-C for charging is able to recharge it. 
Um, interesting tidbit on that is he says these custom builds like this run about a thousand dollars. So maybe a little pricey for mass market, but on the other hand, ingenuity, creativity, and this is what he came up with. Dude, that's awesome. Rye, what would give us a little bit more? Um, this is this is just a great insight into like you said, creativity. And he took the different parts and different things bring the, the Game Boy color um, case. So. Um, a couple of tidbits. Um, the uh, joysticks uh, on the front are from Nintendo, a Nintendo Switch. Um, the face buttons are from a DS Lite. Um, both are combined using the circuitry of a GameCube controller. Then on the back of the handheld are two trigger Z buttons and fan for the cooling system. What he did was he took the parts from the key and condensed uh, them to find them. Um, soldering and some stuff, some retrofit that are from the console fit perfectly. The magic. Um, it is great to see uh, a system that will capture a good example of video so, preserving video game history. Um, not only is it preserving these catalogs, but it's preserving the, the virtual console uh, catalog that is on the Wii. Other like that Yeah, he also said that the actual the the actual rendering on this uh, screen he's got in here is actually better than the rendering you get when you plug it into the TV <laughs> back when it's an original console. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of awesome because <laughs> I, I I remember the Wii graphics. So if he up, upgraded that, that's definitely awesome. Just based on the video in the article on the talk. Yeah, so that's got to that. Now, you guys all mentioned you guys made a comment about Ready Player One uh, meeting reality. Well, guess what? Oh no! Amazon got final approval. They can start using drones to deliver boxes. Amazon on Monday received approval from the Federal Aviation Administration to operate its fleet of prime air delivery drones. The approval will give Amazon broad privileges to safely and efficiently deliver packages to customers. Amazon is the latest to join UPS and Alphabet Wing, or Alphabet-owned Wing, who, who, also, who previously won FAA approval for do, doing drone deliveries. So, it's coming! And the reason I'm, and this is where I'm tying it back to Ready Player One, because there was a bit in Ready Player One where you could buy something in the Oasis online, and a drone would deliver it to your house. Now, granted, we all don't live in VR, although some of us live on Twitch a lot, or just, anyways, we don't all have VR headsets to live in our world, but we can order online and within a couple of days have it shipped. I mean. I, I've been utilizing the Amazon Fresh recently, so it's like I don't even have to go to the grocery store. I just order my groceries, have them delivered. I'm good. Oh yeah. And buying stuff, it's like I bought the parts and things like that. I didn't have to go anywhere. Didn't have to worry about it. But now we're gonna now it's gonna start having the drones fly. It's gonna be awesome. And of course, people are gonna be upset because oh no, technology is taking away jobs. No, 
I think this is actually a great thing because it's going to improve the delivery service. Also, um, it probably streamlines more efficiently after relying on some of the mail, which I had a package happen recently with that. Um, so, they'll probably do a lot of tests to make sure they can do it. Um, you know, air traffic control, you don't want to run into no, well, but there's um, still there's still there's still aspects. Just like if you were to have a drone now and use a drone in certain areas, there are certain rules and regulations and registrations you have to do. My son got one for a couple a couple years ago, and it was one of the ones that was just big enough to where we had to had to take a look into that because you know potentially hit power lines or you might travel high enough to interfere with something. But you you just had to do that. And with these, we're talking, these are like the big industrial things because, you know, they're carrying weight. And I imagine they're probably going to be most useful in, like, uh, rural areas where, you know, the adage, as a crow flies, it makes more sense than navigating the roads. Oh, yeah. I definitely, it does emphasize in the article that, that they want to use it for density. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> um, it can be fun, but not a fun time. I think this is just uh, another example of technology moving to play, but then also at the same time, branch up and out. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess it'll depend on the size of the drone and what some of those regular, what some of those requirements are. Um, obviously, people, some people's porches are not big enough to handle the drone dropping in and landing and then flying back out. And then there's the fact there's just the control aspect for doing it. So, I think this is this is a, this is again one of those we're on the cusp of something really cool, and now we just need some more time to let it kind of evolve itself out. Oh yeah, like the drone delivery, um, autonomous vehicles, um, grocery delivery, um, and a lot of it. So, you know, um, or, you know, used to do things to what people parked on the Deliver it to my treehouse. I don't have one. I don't know where they'll be going. We will find out at some point. Makes sense. <laughs> well, Amazon delivery. Air. Alrighty, well, it is... Wow, it's, uh, it's almost been two hours hanging out with everybody. Um, that's it for our main, all our main talking points, and so now it's just kind of what's up, what's not. Um... Shout out to everybody. It'd be nice to get to. This is a September for Twitch. Uh, so if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, this would be a good month to do it because they're partnering with Capital One to offer discounts on three on uh, new subscriptions as well as subscriptions for like three and six months, um, as well as single month. Uh, you get a discount for the some of those if you want to go for multi month uh, subscriptions. It uh, looks like they'll be should be introducing that in there, so you can do a multi-month uh, subscription to a channel if you want. But uh, you know, 
let's uh, continue to grow the community. Every all the support is helpful. All right. Good night, Glock. You have a good night, sir. But uh, so unless there's something else, I think we're gonna go ahead and uh, call it. Uh, let's see. Is there anybody out and about on the interwebs? see oh here we go how about we give some love to the thread raiders uh tabletop what do you guys think feeling up for a raid ah <laughs> uh, gotta get some sleep soccer yeah you got that early shift oh I'm not sure what new movies are coming out for next week. I think Rye's got Tenant already, so we'll see what's up. Next weekend, I don't know what's be next weekend, but I did see that <laughs> horror movie. I'm like, that up. Oh, that's right, an independent horror movie. Alrighty. Well, uh, just a quick recap again. Thank you to Sirenscape for this background music and soundboards. Thank you to everyone out in the community. We met our community challenge, which means now it's time to start picking what show we're going to be developing. Uh, if you're not a member of our Discord community, please jump on the Discord uh, general chat and give your suggestions. I'm looking for suggestions for the type of show, when uh, during the week, what time of day, and about how long should we try and do a show for. So all suggestions are welcome. By all means, please jump in, join our community. It's growing. It's we're having lots of fun. Uh, got some things on the things on the way. And if there's nothing else, you all have a wonderful week. Stay safe, and we will see you on our next stream. Bye.